0: 14, Orn, blue ball, and capsule start in a race, the odds are 4 to a 1, acorn, 3 to a 1, blue ball, 2 to a 1, capsule, now, how much must I invest on each horse in order to win L14, no matter which horse comes in first, supposing, as an example, that I betted L5 on each horse, then, if acorn won, I should receive L24 times L5, and have to pay L5 each for the other two horses, thereby winning L10. But it will be found that if Blue Ball was first I should only win L5, and if Capsule won, I should gain nothing and lose nothing. This will make the question perfectly clear to the novice, who, like myself, is not interested in the calling of the fraternity who profess to be engaged in the noble task of improving the breed of horses. 391. The motor car race. Sometimes a quite simple statement of fact if worded in an unfamiliar manner, will cause considerable perplexity. Here is an example, and it will doubtless puzzle some of my more youthful readers just a little. I happened to be at a motor car race at Brooklyn's when one spectator said to another, while a number of cars were whirling round and round the circular track, there's Goggle Smith that man in the white car. Yes, I see, was the reply, but how many cars are running in this race? Then came this curious rejoinder, one-third of the cars in front of Goggle Smith added to three-quarters of those behind him will give you the answer. Now, can you tell how many cars were running in the race? Puzzle games. He that is beaten may be said to a lion honor's truckle bed, he the It may be said generally that a game is a contest of skill for two or more persons, into which we enter either for amusement or to win a prize. A puzzle is something to be done or solved by the individual. For example, if it were possible for us so to master the complexities of the game of chess that we could be assured of always winning with the first or second move, as the case might be, or of always drawing, then it would cease to be a game and would become a puzzle. Of course among the young and uninformed, when the correct winning play is not understood, a puzzle may well make a very good game, thus there is no doubt children will continue to play, dots and crosses, though I had shown number 109. Canterbury puzzles, that between two players who both thoroughly understand the play, every game should be drawn, neither player could ever win except through the blundering of his opponent, but I am writing from the point of view of the student of these things, the examples that I give in this class are apparently games, but, since I show in every case how one player may win if the only play correctly, they are in reality puzzles, their interest, therefore, lies in attempting to discover the leading method of play. 392. The pebble game. Here is an interesting little puzzle game that I used to play with an acquaintance on the beach at Slocom on sea. Two players place an odd number of pebbles. We will say 15. Between them. Then each takes in turn 1, 2, or 3 pebbles as he chooses. And the winner is the one who gets the odd number. Thus, if you get 7 and your opponent 8, you win. If you get 6 and he gets 9, he wins. Off the first or second player to a win and how, when you have settled the question with 15 pedals try again with, say, 13, 393, the two rooks, this is a puzzle game for two players, each player has a single rook, the first player places his rook on any square of the board that he may choose to select, and then the second player does the same, they now play in turn, the point of each play being to capture the opponent's rook, but in this game you cannot play through a line of attack without being captured, that is to say, if in the diagram it is Black's turn to play, he cannot move his rook to his king's knight square, or to his king's rook's square, because he would enter the line of fire when passing his king's bishop's square. For the same reason he cannot move to his queen's rook's seventh or eighth squares. Now, the game can never end in a draw. Sooner or later one of the rooks must fall. Unless, of course, both players commit the absurdity of not trying to win. The trick of winning is ridiculously simple when you know it. Can you solve the puzzle? This variation of the last puzzle is also played by two persons. One puts a counter on number 6, and the other puts one on number 55. And they play alternately by removing the counter to any other number in a line. If your opponent moves at any time onto one of the lines you occupy, or even crosses one of your lines, you immediately capture him and win. We will take an illustrative game. A moves from 55 to 52, B moves from 6 to 14, advances to 23, B goes to 15, A retreats to 26, B retreats to 14, advances to 21, B retreats to 2, advances to 7, B goes to 3, A moves to 6, B must. Now go to 4, establishes himself at 11, and B must be captured next move because he is compelled to cross a line on which he stands. Play this over and you will understand the game directly. Now, the puzzle part of the game is this, which player should win, and how many moves are necessary, 395, a war puzzle game, here is another puzzle game, one player, representing the British general, places a counter at the end the other player, representing the enemy, places his counter at the the Britisher makes the first advance along one of the roads to the next town, then the enemy moves to one of his nearest towns, and so on in turns until the British general gets into the same town as the enemy and captures him. Although each must always move along the road to the next town only, and the second player may do his utmost to avoid capture, the British general as we should suppose, from the analogy of real life must infallibly win. But how? That is the question. 396. A match mystery. Here is a little game that is childishly simple in its conditions, but it is well worth investigation. Mr. Stubbs pulled a small table between himself and his friend, Mr. Wilson, and took a box of matches, from which he counted out thirty. Here are thirty matches, he said. I divide them into three unequal heaps. Let me see. We have 14, 11, and five. As it happens, now, the two players draw alternately any number from any one heap, and he who draws the last match loses the game. That's all. I will play with you, Wilson. I have formed the heaps, so you had the first draw, as I can draw any number, Mr Wilson said, suppose I exhibit my usual moderation and take all the 14 heap, that is the worst you could do, for it loses right away, I take 6 from the 11, leaving 2 equal heaps of 5, and to leave 2 equal heaps is a certain win with the single exception of 1, 1, because whatever you do in one heap I can repeat in the other, if you leave 4 in one heap, I leave 4 in the other, if you then leave two in one heap, I leave two in the other. If you leave only one in one heap, then I take all the other heap. If you take all one heap, I take all but one in the other. Remember you must never leave two heaps, unless they are equal heaps and more than one. One, let's begin again. Very well, then, said Mr. Wilson, I will take six from the fourteen, and leave you eight. 5 five, Mr. Stubbs then left eight. 3 three, Mr. Wilson. 8, 5, 3, Mr. Stubbs, 6, 5, 3, Mr. Wilson, 4, 5, 3, Mr. Stubbs, 4, 5, 1, Mr. Wilson, 4, 3, 1, Mr. Stubbs, 2, 3, 1, Mr. Wilson, 2, 1, 1, which Mr. Stubbs reduced to a 1, 1, 1. It is now quite clear that I must win, said Mr. Stubbs, because you must take 1. And then I take 1, leaving you the last match. You never had a chance. There are just 13 different ways in which the matches may be grouped at the start for a certain win. In fact, the groups selected, 14, 11, 5, are a certain win. Because for whatever your opponent may play there is another winning group you can secure. And so on and on down to the last match. 397. The MOADNEGRI and DICE game. It is said that the inhabitants of Montenegro had a little dice game that is both ingenious and well worth investigation. The two players first select two different pairs of odd numbers always higher than three and then alternately toss three dice. Whichever first throws the dice so that they add up to one of his selected numbers wins. If they are both successful in two successive throws it is a draw and they try again. For example, one player may select seven and fifteen and the other five and thirteen. Then if the first player throws so that the three dice add up 7 or 15 he wins. Unless the second man gets either 5 or 13 on his throw. The puzzle is to discover which two pairs of numbers should be selected in order to give both players an exactly even chance. 398. The Cigar Puzzle. I once propounded the following puzzle in a London club. And for a considerable period it absorbed the attention of the members. They could make nothing of it. And considered it quite impossible of solution. And yet, as I shall show, the answer is remarkably simple. Two men are seated at a square top table. One places an ordinary cigar flat at one end, plant at the other on the table. Then the other does the same, and so on alternately. A condition being that no cigar shall touch another. Which player should succeed in placing the last cigar? Assuming that they each will play in the best possible manner, the size of the table top and the size of the cigar are not given. But in order to exclude the ridiculous answer that the table might be so diminutive as only to take one cigar, we will say that the table must not be less than 2 feet square and the cigar not more than 41 to inches long. With those restrictions you may take any dimensions you like. Of course we assume that all the cigars are exactly alike in every respect. Should the first player, or the second player, win? Magic Square Problems. My Magic Numbers. C-O-N-G-R-E-V. The Morning Bride. This is a very ancient branch of mathematical puzzling, and it has an immense, though scattered, literature of its own, in their simple form of consecutive whole numbers arranged in a square so that every column, every row, and each of the two long diagonals shall add up alike. These magic squares offer three main lines of investigation, construction, enumeration, and classification. Of recent years many ingenious methods have been devised for the construction of magics. And the law of their formation is so well understood that all the ancient mystery has evaporated and there is no longer any difficulty in making squares of any dimensions. Almost the last word has been said on this subject. The question of the enumeration of all the possible squares of a given order stands just where it did over two hundred years ago. Everybody knows that there is only one solution for the third order. Three cells by three and Frenicla published in 1693 diagrams of all the arrangements of the fourth order 880 in number and his results have been verified over and over again, I may here refer to the general solution for this order, for numbers not necessarily consecutive, by E Ebernolt in nature, May 26, 1910, as it is of the greatest importance to students of this subject, the enumeration of the examples of any higher order is a completely unsolved problem, as to classification. It is largely a matter of individual taste perhaps an aesthetic question. For there is beauty in the law and order of numbers. A man once said that he divided the human race into two great classes, those who take snuff and those who do not. I am not sure that some of our classifications of magic squares are not almost as valueless. However, lovers of these things seem somewhat agreed that nasik magic squares so named by Mr. Frost, a student of them, after the town in India where he lived, and also called diabolic and thandiagonal and associated magic squares are of special interest. So I will just explain what these are for the benefit of the novice. I published in the Queen for January 15, 1910, an article that would enable the reader to write out, if he so desired, all the 880 magics of the fourth order, and the following is the complete classification that I gave. The first example is that of a simple square that fulfills the simple conditions and no more. The second example is a semi-nosic, which has the additional property that the opposite short diagonals of two cells each together sum to 34, thus, 14 4 11 5 34 and 12 6 13 3 34. The third example is not only semi-nosic but also associated, because in it every number, if added to the number that is equidistant, in a straight line, from the center gives 17, thus, 116, 215, 314, etc the fourth example, considered the most perfect of all, is a Nasik. Here all the broken diagonals sum to 34, thus, for example, 1514 to 3, and 1047 13, and 155 to 12. As a consequence, its properties are such that if you repeat the square in all directions you may mark off a square, 4x4, wherever you please, and it will be magic. The following table not only gives a complete enumeration under the four forms described, but also a classification under the twelve graphic types indicated in the diagrams. The dots at the end of each line represent the relative positions of those complementary pairs, 116, 215, etc. which some do 17. For example, it will be seen that the first and second magic squares given are of type vi, that the third square is of type iii. And that the fourth is of type I. Edward Lucas indicated these types, but he dropped exactly half of them and did not attempt the classification. NASAK type I 48 semi K type II Transpositions of NASIC 48 type III Associated 48 type IV 96 type V 96 192 type VI 96 384 simple type VI 208 type VI 56 type VIII. 56, type IX, 56, type X, 56, 224, type Xi, 8, type Xi, 8 area code 16448880. it is hardly necessary to say that every one of these squares will produce 7 others by mere reversals and reflections, which we do not count as different, so that there are 7.040 squares of this order, 880 of which are fundamentally different. An infinite variety of puzzles may be made introducing new conditions into the magic square. In the Canterbury puzzles I have given examples of such squares with coins, with postage stamps, with cutting out conditions, and other tricks. I will now give a few variants involving further novel conditions. 399. The Troublesome 8. Nearly everybody knows that a magic square is an arrangement of numbers in the form of a square so that every row, every column, and each of the two long diagonals adds up alike. For example, you would find little difficulty in merely placing a different number in each of the nine cells in the illustration so that the rows, columns, and diagonals shall all add up 15. And at your first attempt you will probably find that you have an 8 in one of the corners. The puzzle is to construct the magic square under the same conditions. With the 8 in the position shown, I happen to have lying on my table a number of strips of cardboard with numbers printed on them from 1 upwards in numerical order, the idea suddenly came to me, as ideas had a way of unexpectedly coming, to make a little puzzle of this, I wonder whether many readers will arrive at the same solution that I did, take 7 strips of cardboard and lay them together as above, then write on each of them the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, as shown, so that the numbers shall form 7 rows and 7 columns, now, The puzzle is to cut these strips into the fewest possible pieces so that they may be placed together and form a magic square. The seven rows, seven columns, and two diagonals adding up the same number. No figures may be turned upside down or placed on their sides that island. all the strips must lie in their original direction. Of course you could cut each strip into seven separate pieces, each piece containing a number. And the puzzle would then be very easy but I need hardly say that 49 pieces is a long way from being the fewest possible. 401. Eight Jolly Jailbirds. The illustration shows the plan of a prison of nine cells all communicating with one another by doorways. The eight prisoners had their numbers on their backs, and any one of them is allowed to exercise himself in whichever cell may happen to be vacant, subject to the rule that at no time shall two prisoners be in the same cell. The Merry Monarch in whose dominions the prison was situated offered them special comforts one Christmas Eve if, without breaking that rule, they could so place themselves that their numbers should form a magic square. Now, prisoner number seven happened to know a good deal about magic squares, so he worked out a scheme and naturally selected the method that was most expeditious that island one involving the fewest possible moves from cell to cell, but one man was a surly obstinate fellow quite unfit for the society of his jovial companions, and he refused to move out of his cell or take any part in the proceedings, but number seven was quite equal to the emergency, and found that he could still do what was required in the fewest possible moves without troubling the brute to leave his cell, the puzzle is to show how he did it and, incidentally, to discover which prisoner was so stupidly obstinate, can you find the fellow, Four hundred two, nine Jolly Jailbirds, Shortly after the episode recorded in the last puzzle occurred, a ninth prisoner was placed in the vacant cell, and the Merry Monarch then offered them all complete liberty on the following strange conditions. They were required so to rearrange themselves in the cells that their numbers formed a magic square without their movements causing any two of them ever to be in the same cell together. Except that at the start one man was allowed to be placed on the shoulders of another man, and thus add their numbers together, and move as one man. For example, Number eight might be placed on the shoulders of number two, and then they would move about together as ten. The reader should seek first to solve the puzzle in the fewest possible moves, and then see that the man who is burdened has the least possible amount of work to do. 403. The Spanish dungeon, not fifty miles from Cadiz stood in the Middle Ages a castle, all traces of which have for centuries disappeared, among other interesting features. This castle contained a particularly unpleasant dungeon divided into sixteen cells, all communicating with one another, as shown in the illustration. Now, the governor was a merry white, and very fond of puzzles with all. One day he went to the dungeon and said to the prisoners, "By my, my halidum, or its equivalent in Spanish, you shall all be set free if you can solve this puzzle. You must so arrange yourselves in the sixteen cells that the numbers on your backs shall form a magic square in which every column Every row, and each of the two diagonals shall add up the same. Only remember this, that in no case may two of you ever be together in the same cell. One of the prisoners, after working at the problem for two or three days, with a piece of chalk, undertook to obtain the liberty of himself and his fellow prisoners if they would follow his directions and move through the doorway from cell to cell in the order in which he should call out their numbers. He succeeded in his attempt, and, what is more remarkable, It would seem from the account of his method recorded in the ancient manuscript lying before me, that he did so in the fewest possible moves. The reader is asked to show what these moves were. 404. The Siberian Dungeons. The above is a trustworthy plan of a certain Russian prison in Siberia. All the cells are numbered, and the prisoners are numbered the same as the cells they occupy. The prison diet is so fattening that these political prisoners are in perpetual fear lest, should their pardon arrive. They might not be able to squeeze themselves through the narrow doorways and get out. And of course it would be an unreasonable thing to ask any government to pull down the walls of a prison just to liberate the prisoners, however innocent they might be. Therefore these men take all the healthy exercise they can in order to retard their increasing obesity. And one of their recreations will serve to furnish us with the following puzzle. show in the fewest possible moves, how the sixteen men may form themselves into a magic square so that the numbers on their backs shall add up the same in each of the four columns, four rows, and two diagonals without two prisoners having been at any time in the same cell together. I had better say, for the information of those who have not yet been made acquainted with these places, that it is a peculiarity of prisons that you are not allowed to go outside their walls. Any prisoner may go any distance that is possible in a single move. 405. Card Magic Squares. Take an ordinary pack of cards and throw out the 12 court cards. Now, with 9 of the remainder different suits are of no consequence form the above magic square. It will be seen that the pips add up 15 in every row in every column. And in each of the two long diagonals. The puzzle is with the remaining cards without disturbing this arrangement to form 3 more such magic squares. So that each of the 4 shall add up to a different sum. There will, of course, be 4 cards in the reduced pack that will not be used. These four may be any that you choose. It is not a difficult puzzle, but requires just a little thought. 406. The 18 dominoes. The illustration shows 18 dominoes arranged in the form of a square so that the pips in every one of the six columns, six rows, and two long diagonals add up 13. This is the smallest summation possible with any selection of dominoes from an ordinary box of 28. The greatest possible summation is 23. And a solution for this number may be easily obtained by substituting for every number its complement to 6. Thus for every blank substitute a 6. For every 1 a 5. For every 2 a 4. For 3 a 3. For 4 a 2. For 5 a 1. And for 6 a blank. But the puzzle is to make a selection of 18 dominoes and arrange them in exactly the form shown so that the summations shall be 18 in all the 14 directions mentioned. Subtracting. Multiplying and dividing magics. Although the adding magic square is of such great antiquity, curiously enough the multiplying magic does not appear to have been mentioned until the end of the 18th century, when it was referred to slightly by one writer and then forgotten until I revived it in Titbits in 1897. The dividing magic was apparently first discussed by me in the weekly dispatch in June 1898. The subtracting magic is here introduced for the first time, it will now be convenient to deal with all four kinds of magic squares together. In these four diagrams we have examples in the third order of adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing squares. In the first the constant, 15, is obtained by the addition of the rows, columns, and two diagonals. In the second case you get the constant, 5, by subtracting the first number in a line from the second, and the result from the third. You can, of course, perform the operation in either direction, but, in order to avoid negative numbers, it is more convenient simply to deduct the middle number from the sum of the two extreme numbers, the silent in effect, the same thing, it will be seen that the constant of the adding square is n times that of the subtracting square derived from it, where n is the number of cells in the side of square, and the manner of derivation here is simply to reverse the two diagonals, Both squares are associated, a term I have explained in the introductory article to this department. The third square is a multiplying magic. The constant, 216, is obtained by multiplying together the three numbers in any line. It is, associated, by multiplication, instead of by addition. It is here necessary to remark that in an adding square it is not essential that the nine numbers should be consecutive. Write down any 9 numbers in this way 1 3 5 4 6 8 7 9 11 so that the horizontal differences are all alike and the vertical differences also alike here 2 and 3. And these numbers will form an adding magic square. By making the differences 1 and 3 we, of course, get consecutive numbers a particular case, and nothing more. Now, in the case of the multiplying square we must take these numbers in geometrical instead of arithmetical progression. Thus 139261841236 here each successive number in the rows is multiplied by 3, and in the columns by 2. Had we multiplied by 2 and 8 we should get the regular geometrical progression. 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, and 256. But I wish to avoid high numbers. The numbers are arranged in the square in the same order as in the adding square. The fourth diagram is a dividing magic square. The constant 6 is here obtained by dividing the second number in a line by the first in either direction and the third number by the quotient. But, again, the process is simplified by dividing the product of the two extreme numbers by the middle number. The square is also, associated, by multiplication. It is derived from the multiplying square by merely reversing the diagonals. And the constant of the multiplying square is the cube of that of the dividing square derived from it. The next set of diagrams shows the solutions for the fifth order of square. They are all associated in the same way as before. The subtracting square is derived from the adding square by reversing the diagonals and exchanging opposite numbers in the centers of the borders. And the constant of one is again n times that of the other. The dividing square is derived from the multiplying square in the same way. And the constant of the latter is the fifth power that is the ndh of that of the former. These squares are thus quite easy for odd orders but the reader will probably find some difficulty over the even orders, concerning which I will leave him to make his own researches, merely propounding two little problems. 407. Two new magic squares. Construct a subtracting magic square with the first sixteen whole numbers that shall be associated by subtraction. The constant island of course, obtained by subtracting the first number from the second in line, the result from the third, and the result again from the fourth. Also constructed dividing magic square of the same order that shall be associated by division. The constant is obtained by dividing the second number in a line by the first, the third by the quotient, and the fourth by the next quotient. 408 magic squares of 2 degrees. While reading a French mathematical work I happen to come across the following statement, a very remarkable magic square of 8 in 2 degrees has been constructed by Ampheferman. In other words, he has managed to dispose the 64 first numbers on the squares of a chessboard in such a way that the sum of the numbers in every line, every column, and in each of the two diagonals, shall be the same, and more, that if one substitutes for all the numbers their squares, the square still remains magic. I at once set to a work to solve this problem, and, although it proved a very hard nut, one was rewarded by the discovery of some curious and beautiful laws that govern it. The reader may like to try his hand at the puzzle. Magic squares of primes. The problem of constructing magic squares with prime numbers only was first discussed by myself in the weekly dispatch for 22nd July and 5th August 1900, but during the last three or four years it has received great attention from American mathematicians. First, they have sought to form these squares with the lowest possible constants. Thus, the first nine prime numbers, 1 to 23 inclusive some do 99, which being divisible by 3 is theoretically a suitable series, yet it has been demonstrated that the lowest possible constant is 111, and the required series as follows, 1, 7, 13, 31, 37, 43, 61, 67, and 73. Similarly, in the case of the fourth order, the lowest series of primes that are theoretically suitable will not serve, but in every other order up to the twelfth inclusive, magic squares have been constructed with the lowest series of primes theoretically possible, and the twelfth is the lowest order in which a straight series of prime numbers, and broken, from one upwards has been made to a work, in other words, the first 144 odd prime numbers have actually been arranged in magic form, the following summary is taken from the Monist Chicago for October 1913, order of totals of lowest square square, series, constants, Made by Henry III 333-111, 1, 1, 1, Dudney 1900. Ernest Bergold 4408-102 and C.D. Sheldon. 5th 1065-213HA Sales. C.D. Sheldon 6th 2448-408 and J.N. Muncie. 7th 4893 699 do 8th 8, 89 12 9th 15129-1681-DU. 10th 24160 2416 Jules N. Muncie. 11th 36095 3355 DO. 12th 54168 DO. For further details the reader should consult the article itself. By W. S. Andrews and H. A. Sales. These same investigators have also performed notable feats in constructing associated and bordered prime magics. And Mr. Sheldon has sent me a remarkable paper in which he gives examples of magic squares constructed with primes for all orders from the fourth to the tenth, with the exception of the third which is clearly impossible and the ninth, which, up to the time of writing, has baffled all attempts. 409. The baskets of plums. This is the form in which I first introduced the question of magic squares with prime numbers. I will here warn the reader that there is a little trap. A fruit merchant had nine baskets. Every basket contained plums all sound and ripe, and the number in every basket was different. When placed as shown in the illustration they formed a magic square, so that